0: Where the I mean, your tits are looking marvelous. I yes,
1: that's I'm, not an expectation for any man out there to fucking say that.
0: Other women also can like comment on our tits. I'm I'm open oh, to yeah. that, mm. like them commenting on our tits. Comment Especially away, folks.
1: They make you feel like goddesses. Like they do. You know, know how to be very complimentary. Like oh my god, I love you and know. not in a gross, scary kind of fucked up way too. You know what I
0: mean? Like men are anyway. That's a, that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. So here we go. Get the voice on. We're sorry, you have reached a number that is no longer in service. If you feel you have reached this recording in error, please check the number and try your call again. I'm here with my co host. The daughter of Lilith You know when we collaborate we bring you some epic episodes Let's go <laughs> We go welcome friends to a brand new and special episode of beauty unlocked i'm carissa
1: and i'm here today with my co-host the daughter of lilith that my name formally you can use it for this episode because I think <laughs> yeah, it talks about our friendship 28 years i was doing the math almost 30 actually um so you can call me by my name And I would love to hear you say my name.
0: Would you really? I feel kind of nervous, like saying
1: it now. Go
0: ahead. Really? Oh, because I always like introduce you as or you introduce yourself as the daughter of Lilith. And this time it's. I still am. Don't get me wrong. I am very much the (laughs) daughter (laughs) I think like when I actually say your name to others, they're like, wait, who? And I'm like the daughter of Lilith. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mm. You know, the soft dom in me is like, go on. Oh, I mean, Olga, we're here with Olga. I'm just like, I get really like, I got sweaty there for a moment. I'm just like, oh God, it's the age. (laughs) It really is. No. Coming out of places. I didn't know I could sweat. I, uh, well, today for this special episode, because we're pretty much at the door of 40. I mean, we're at 40's door and uh, we can lick it with the tip of our tongues, to be honest. I like that. But we are knocking on
1: our 40th birthday. I cannot believe that we're turning 40 this year. I'm having moments where I'm like, I never, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about it for sure. um, But genuinely, I never really thought that I would get to 40. Do you know what I mean? There were moments in my life where I was like, I'll be lucky if I get to 30. Mm, mm, mm. Be lucky if I get to 35. And last year you witnessed shit. You yeah. saw me go through shit. And yeah. I was like, I'll be lucky if I see 2023.
0: Yeah, no, last year was just, <clears throat> it, was, it was a shit show of a year. I don't yeah. even know. It was just a shit show, but it's all jumbled up in my brain because just so much happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that was exhausting. Do you know when you have, like, like, a rigorous sexual encounter and it literally leaves you exhausted? I felt like yeah. 2023 was that, but with, like, yeah, a shit yeah, yeah. show.
1: Yeah, but it's it left me, I never want to have that again. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas that sexual encounter, I'm, like, thirsting for it. But that fucking year, can it can burn for eternity, for all I care. I, I never want a repeat of that shit. And
0: it's it's interesting because you know, talking to other people, they had a similar like a similar experience with last year. It was like a shit show. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? Like everybody just did not have the greatest year last year. I That's feel fun. like this year is
1: completely different though.
0: This year's completely yeah. like it has
1: a different feel. I think that there's a different vibe for sure. I think that it's also the fact that we're all we're celebrating the notion that we didn't fucking die last year. I <laughs>
0: like we're not laughing in a sense of like ah it's funny no it's actually the truth like it's one
1: of those nervous laughs, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know oh. how to feel I don't and know just, how to feel well, just a heads up for all our friends who might be joining us um Carissa and I have a really fucking foul sense of humor we do it's
0: it's dark
1: we are it's fucking dark like if it's you thought your sense of humor then like Oh, you know, I've got a dark sense of humor. We will put you to shame. We
0: will put you to shame. Like, it gets pretty fucking dark to the point of where you actually stop and think that shouldn't make us laugh. (laughs) But it does. But it does.
1: It does. And also, uh, we will say things that might rattle you. So, I mean, we always say and it always rattles.
0: Do we actually care? No, <laughs> no, I really don't. You got to simmer in your own stew there, honey. Like, if you don't like it, that's on you, not on us.
1: Carissa, let's talk about how we became these these women that, according to some people, are just like, "Well, you're just bitter hags." I haven't been called that yet. Um, I'm aspiring to that. I want to inflict that fear. I in- mean, I've I've the
0: only thing that I've gotten in the last three years, I think was that you're going to end up alone. I'm like, is that supposed to scare me? We're
1: making it to 40. And, you know, we've had, this might get a little emotional, guys. Just just giving you a heads up. Like there's been moments where I'm like thinking about certain things and I'm like, fuck, I really, I'm feeling that. I think one of the greatest things of being 40 is genuinely being able to look back and say, I never had to sacrifice that. Do you know what I mean? Like whatever that might be for you. Yeah. We're, the world asked a lot of things from us because we grew up and this is for all the Gen Zers out there who who think that for some reason they need to own the millennials. Um, Cause you and I are both like Gen Xers really like we're borderline Gen X millennial. Millennial. Yeah. Well, because we have older siblings, right? Yes, so yeah, we, that are Gen Xers, yes. Like, and they were Gen Xers through and through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that we were influenced by that as well. But, dude, the things that we had to fucking put up with. Absolutely. You know, growing up in really contentious societies, mm-hmm. growing up with tremendous privilege. Yes. Uh, growing up at a time where mental health was not something that we spoke of. Nope. Um, nope. Watching people really close to us die because, yep. and we're here, and in a way, I kind of sort of want to start by remembering those people and mm-hmm. just being like, fuck. Some of you didn't make it. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And we thought that we would all make it together. Right? Yeah, exactly. So in a way, this is for them too.
0: I feel like there's. It's so weird because even I mean I know we're just still 39. But I have never, even when I I was about to turn 30, let's say, I have never had this feeling of const- like being so self-aware, but also analyzing very much going into myself. That sounds so weird in so many ways, but being introspective about so many things. And it's weird, like it's even like to the smallest detail where you're just like, well, this is really not so important why are you thinking about it but in a way it is important and I don't know like I don't know how it is for the rest of you out there but like when I was 30 or was going to turn 30 it was just like a okay I'm turning 30 like Mm -hmm. but I didn't have these feelings and also these body aches I must admit I did not have the body aches that I do today (laughs) (laughs) oh man from just waking up and my eyes just like (laughs) shoot open and I'm like god why is everything so sore on me fucking
1: symphony of my bones coming together the cacophony of my joints every morning in a chorus just announcing itself we're here is incredible but it's to the point of where now (gasps) I have to be
0: very careful like I have to think about like before like if something fell you immediately go and pick it up now I'm like hold up there has to be a way to pick this up so i don't throw my back out so bad now i'm so aware i'm like carissa
1: you're gonna hurt yourself this is not good
0: no there's just i
1: love love webmd it's like oh i have a headache cancer and you're like what and then they list cancer right and the first symptom that they always point out is weight loss and i'm like well that's That's, not it (laughs) that's definitely not it (laughs) that's not it This is when we, we well this is
0: what we say by our dark humor right there, right? Yeah, well, well, oh, it it gets darker. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had many, many conversations, well, we're always <laughs> having conversations and stuff like that, but we've had many conversations about the things that we feel are important to us more than what society tells us should be important. Yeah. And one of the things that always kind of comes up... Because society is always pushing back, saying you're going to be lonely, blah, 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 and all this bullshit and shenanigans. And you need to find that specific or special someone to spend the rest of your days with and whatever. And we've talked about it and we've said, instead of being in bad company and in company that doesn't appreciate us for who we truly are, we rather be alone, but have those friendships (laughs) that fulfill us more than those romantic relationships that might not fulfill us.
1: I think that that's such an important point. And that's why I sent it to you the other day. I was like, I don't want to forget because this has been the revisiting theme, right. In the last five years. Yeah. So there's two things that I want to comment about what you just said. Cause I think that there's a lot of, of things to dissect there. Mm-hmm. The first one is people that don't appreciate us and don't appreciate our company. Yeah. When I, for the purpose of this podcast, when I speak of relationships, I'm talking about all relationships. Yeah. I am breaking away from just, I need people to stop talking about relationships as romantic relationships. Yeah. I'm like, my friendships that have surpassed the 10 year mark are no yeah. longer friendships, they're relationships. Yeah. yeah. It takes a whole other level, level and dimension, let alone with people like you who I've known for 30 years, let alone for people like, you know, our friend from from Mexico who I've known mm-hmm. for like 35 years. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. that is not a friendship. That's a relationship. relationship. Um. So for that purpose, I'm just going to be referring to relationships as relationships. Yeah. Uh, romantic and platonic. Yeah. I think... We've made a tremendous disservice in saying that people that don't appreciate you, these are the red flags, right? And they always say like, they never return your phone calls or they never do this or they never do that. And you're always looking for these red flags when the one that you just need to look at is how do they make you feel? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not, we never check in and we never think about, am I happy Right? And then you have the realization of, "Am I even fucking in love with this person?" Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I really love them?" And that takes balls. Like that actually takes fucking balls to recognize. Yeah. And then of course, it's the the topic of, "You would rather be alone. I genuinely don't know where we got that narrative wrong. What is so terrifying about being alone? What is so fucking horrifying about just being okay with your own company? Like you should yeah. be a okay company, you know? I just think that it's because we've been force
0: fed and it's a little bit different maybe today because more and more people are speaking up about it and out about it. But in the sense of we were force fed, our generation was force fed that you need to end your days with a significant other romantically,
1: yeah, speaking.
0: Right. And that's yeah. what, you know, you should have somebody there. We saw it in movies. We saw it in TV shows. We read about it. That's that. Right. And it's like it's so it's kind of ingrained in us and in society as well. The thing is that yeah. in reality, when I was in romantic relationships, I always felt lonelier, Because those people weren't providing emotionally for me and my needs and my wants, right? And it was either that it's too much and you should just accept how it is. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to accept something that's sucking the soul out of me. And I feel lonely, but in a different way. Now, I haven't been in a relationship in eight years. In October, it's going to be eight years. And I feel even though I'm alone, I'm not lonely.
1: That's what I mean.
0: That is such a good point, because it's just like I have my friends. Yes, I might not see them because they're overseas. I don't talk to them because everybody has their own life, but we're there for each other when we need when I needed somebody there for me. When I was in a relationship, that significant other was not there for me. They were, you know, they were completely in a different headspace and whatever. And it's just like my friends that I don't see every single day were there for me. And obviously, you know, it's like that TikTok you shared about, you know, (laughs) the whole friendship thing and the Scorpio and what a friend is. Oh my God. Talking about those friends that have been there and seen the evolution of me as a human being for the last 20 and more years, not the acquaintances, not the, you know, customers, let's say that sounds weird as a customer, but you know what I mean? People that just come and go, you know? They just and take t- a look t- at the shop and they leave
1: kind of thing. And it's, well, that's the thing. Yeah. that is another thing that has been rattling me to the core. It's like the, uh, well, I mean, we're going to get into it later, of course, but it's just like this idea. Why is it always a trope of a woman being alone? Right? Like it's never the lonely man. And there's always some negative connotation for both. I think that there are men out there who do genuinely want to be alone. Like I yeah. think to be very fair, I think men have also been sort of catapulted into this sort of, you need to have a significant other. Yeah. yeah. You need to have a family. You need to be a provider. And
0: exactly. I think
1: <laughs> that there's many men out there who are like, I really generally, I just want to play my video games. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I just want to read books and go to like, I don't know, conventions and but I and think there.
0: I think that the difference is that also because the system and what system I'm talking about is the patriarchy and people are gonna be like oh my god these feminazis. And it's like no it's not that yeah. you know but the system has failed them because they're not emotionally when it comes yeah. to their guy friends and again when we talk about this it's not all men obviously we know that and I hope you know that too <laughs> you know but it's in the sense of Emotionally, they haven't formed those connections because it seems a bit weak. Oh, and you know, just the the bullshit and shenanigans that goes along with that, right? Whereas us, we've established those connections with friends, right? So even a guy in a group of friends is still going to feel alone. Whereas us women, we've cultivated that over years. We've cultivated these relationships, and they're meaningful and they're deep and. There's no yeah. shame and there's no holding that back. Whereas I feel like with guys, it's like they, they hold back a lot. And again, I would just yeah. like to say, not all men.
1: <laughs> I, no, I actually, I'm going to come in and say, all men, and I'm going <laughs> to until it's no man, it's mm-hmm. all men because they don't hold each other accountable and they don't give each other the space to grow exactly. and to be held accountable. Right. And this is the thing again, going back to the eighties and the nineties, right? Like the narrative that we saw, I don't know if you've seen the Woodstock documentary on Netflix, it was in 1999, and it was horrifying to watch at the age of 39, what I was watching at 15, 16. Right. Yeah. And the reason why I'm putting this into, into like the whole loneliness and the whole friendship thing I was, when I was, we talked about it the other day. 1995, 1996, 1997, all the way through like 1999, those five years, those were, were fucking the best, best years of my life. Like yeah. Carissa, Olga wants to go back and just stay in yes. oh It my was God. the shit that we got away with. Yes. <laughs> no social media. Yeah. Um, oh, dude. Incredible. That's a chat for another day. But <laughs> you know, I was one of the guys and I was one of the guys because it was very hard to, I didn't find girls that had the same interest that I did. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been into comics. I've always been into reading. I've always been into really like in rock and roll music, mm-hmm. like going to concerts, being more quote unquote seen as more aggressive. Right. And I fucking yeah. hate the word. And you know why I hate that word, but it, it's just the way that we were brought up. And looking back, I'm like, I wish I could reach out to that 15 year old and say, you're having a great time, but buckle up because your 20s are going to fucking suck. And I swear to God, you couldn't pay me enough to live my 20s again. You could not. I do not want to go through that motion again, Uh, especially late 20s. Holy fuck. What the, what was that? It all was like one minute, you're really good friends with men. The next minute they want to get, get fresh with you the next minute they're abusive the next minute you're abusive then you're trying to figure out your job but nobody's telling you about mental health but at the same time you're a whore. but at the same time don't dress like that but at the same time all these their rock war was going on in the background like it was this, this cataclysmic moment of what the fuck is going on right now and nobody tells you take your time hit pause and check in
0: yeah For my 20s, I was my own worst enemy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't even the thing of like with guys because I just, I wasn't, society again kind of forced me to take that very heteronormative way and I wasn't. Uh, So I was in this, I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Like there was this pushback and I didn't understand myself and my feelings, which is, you know, going back to, Take it easy, you know, check in with yourself. But I wasn't aware, like, I was just my own worst enemy. And whatever society was telling me to do, even though deep down inside, I didn't want to do it, I was doing it. But at the same time, getting shamed for a lot of things. But I was like, well, I don't really care and whatever kind of thing. But it's like the lie I was living in my 20s. Don't get me wrong. Like, I had good moments in my 20s. Yeah, yeah. it was like, I didn't understand a lot of things. Like looking back, I'm like, God, you were an idiot. <laughs> you know, like, you're so, like, but I was so, I was my own worst enemy and I wasn't my friend and I was looking for things outside of myself that weren't providing comfort, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. And the messages that we were getting, right. Cause we're both queer women. Like yeah. I'm bisexual. I've been with women. I've been with men and people always catch that I predominantly speak of men right something that the 90s told me was to keep my relationship with women quiet because either they were going to be hypersexualized by mm-hmm. other men right mm-hmm. the menies or people were just going to pry and just make it so overtly sexual yeah so so till this day and I'm almost 40 you will never know if I'm dating a woman you'll yeah. know that I'm not single yeah. We never know if I'm dating a woman. Yeah. Because I don't want to expose that. Like I had to protect it at all costs before mm-hmm. and still do. It's a trauma. Yeah. And the thing, like I brought it up because you know how our conversations go, right? Like they all intertwine eventually. Um, yeah. And I'm, I really reject the idea that when you're talking about certain things that there has to be an objective and a goal, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just a conversation. Like we're not exactly. here to solve, you know, world hunger although I wish we could it's just the fact that you know a lot of things that I'm seeing today I wish I could have had when I was younger yes sort of like more queer representation yes. more our representation like marginalized communities being represented positively yes um, the acceptance of just being who you are because that is one of the things we were talking about with a friend yesterday actually we went out to dinner and it was like owns the narrative of gender affirmation and who owns the narrative of what feminine is and what masculine is because in the 90s if you remember right Mm -hmm. women were expected to wear the like the boho scene right like the dresses and the flowy hair and the glitter and the this and like oh my god and you're a tomboy if you have short hair do you remember that that term tomboy
0: i mean it's still used within the uh, queer community
1: obviously but i mean like a lot yeah but it's like, uh, she's kind of tomboyish, like, you know, that kind of stuff. I never knew where I fit because I loved having long hair. I still, I'm very femme presenting, like, and I am, like, I, I am very lucky that my birth sex matches the gender that I identify with, right? Like, I don't have that that struggle of I don't belong in this body yeah but it's interesting because you were still made like you didn't belong in that body because you're not a size two you don't have this you have tattoos you had piercing. at that point I started to have piercings but my parents were called and they were like oh, we're we're concerned about you know we're concerned about her because she's dying her hair really weird colors and she's got piercings and I I look, I had a very, very contentious relationship with my mother when I was mm-hmm. a teenager, like mm-hmm. bad. But I will give it to her when she said to them, My daughter gets the grades that she needs to get. Yeah. And she's home. She is an extremely well behaved child. Yeah. She gets to do what she wants with her hair. Yeah. I will make decisions if something crosses the line. Yeah. Piercings were a little bit more of a negotiation with her. Like piercings were definitely, she was just not into that idea. Do
0: you remember <laughs> that you, me and our mutual friend in Mexico, we went to Coyoacan. Were you with me when I got my tongue pierced or was it yes, our other friend? Yes, friends I was. You were there? There you go. Okay. Because I was like, hold up a second. I know that I went, but I wasn't too sure if it was with like you and somebody else or the other person. Because like I know it was the three of us. And I know It was just like, hold S- up a second. Like, I got like my tongue pierced the first time in Coyoacan. It was on a Friday. Yep. I could not eat over the weekend. I couldn't say an S. I was like
1: all the time. I remember, yeah, because it was. We were the first ones to have the tongue piercing. I remember, but here's the thing: I think people don't understand because you know you see all these young kids with their piercings, and I fucking love it, right? I'm just yeah. like. I love this with their tattoos and they're yeah. just like so cool and they're just like living the best life. Yeah. Um, but I remember that for us as women, mm-hmm. as, and I'm going to bring the ethnicity card as minorities, Yeah. as women from a certain social economic background mm-hmm. that, you know, Girls like us don't do those things. It's, it's, right? yeah, but yeah. We are supposed to go to Sunday lunch and wear our best outfits. And- That's what my sisters
0: had to grow up doing. And it's like the complete opposite with me. It wasn't like I, that in my
1: household. Like, oh, you know what I mean? I had to do that. Oh, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, I was, was, I'm the only daughter too. Yeah. So the expectations of yeah. the daughter, right? Um, was <laughs> completely different. Well, you said, I mean. You said, it. I don't know what needed to happen for my mother not to have cotillion. Like, it was just <laughs> a level of expectation. But but those piercings were very poorly seen. Yes, at that time. But, we, did, but the
0: thing is, we didn't give a fuck. We didn't, we didn't give a fuck. We really fucking
1: didn't. Nope. But the way that we were sexualized. And didn't, I, I didn't even understand that, though. I didn't understand that either. I, I was not understand it. Because I think that a lot of people... I remember like I mean, I remember you and I were very naughty, and we were just we would just watch Skinamax and we would be like, "Whoa, this is <laughs> <board." laughs> We were like, "Whoa," it was, we were like, we were so sexual without knowing. Yes, we like, Do you know what? That's I mean? the thing, right?
0: That's no. the thing. God, what? those times in Mexico, dude. Seriously, I look back and I'm like. <laughs> Listen, the debauchery that we were responsible for, and without even knowing, we thought that was we the thing. Teenagers. We're just the it's like, well, we're just living the teenage life, right? Like the comidas with that we used to like the school, no, used, to like, that, you know, school used to like yeah. that. And they went up at 6 p.m., but we were like,
1: what? and we
0: were freaking drinking in there and stuff like that, dude. I still remember ninth grade in school, I mean, in Mexico, yeah. I brought a Snapple bottle. To school that was not full of Snapple; it was freaking whiskey. And we were—I dr- was drinking it with uh this chick, Cajolina. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and oh, like we were oh, freaking drinking this shit. And I remember going to England. No, one day we actually skipped English class together because she was like started. She had just broken up with her boyfriend, so she was just a mess. Yeah. And meanwhile, teachers are passing by, and we're freaking drinking Snapple like the shit. is not Snapple, but what? like whiskey in a Snapple bottle.
1: What? <laughs> Realize, we also have to realize the private school culture, right? Yeah. Because our school school was the elite of the elite. It was, yeah. And I have to mention that, not because this is not a humble brag in any way. Like we saw horrific things happen in that kind of environment, not necessarily at that specific school, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The mentality. Thankfully, it wasn't a Catholic school because Jesus fucking Christ. No, I was was in
0: Catholic school school before I came to that school in Mexico. So you can only imagine. (laughs) <laughs> i was in catholic school for two and a half years of my life like, before moving to mexico city mm-hmm. and let me tell you what the hell happened like it
1: was a whole yeah no growing up in a different religion that is not catholic in mexico is intense it's it's ca- int- yeah it's an intense experience like i mean you- my mom
0: was like in her elements obviously because well hello she was catholic right but yeah. like me on the yeah. other hand i was like yeah what the hell is happening no but the shit like you know the whole piercings dude like I look back at our teenage years I see teenagers today and I'm like y'all are fucked up like what's happening do you know what I mean like y'all are what is happening like compared to what we were and we thought you know that it was like a rebellion okay yes there was a certain element to rebellion yeah, but, but still not it's not like today
1: no. And I also, it's funny because now as a teacher, right. And I see teenagers in like, I see high school students. Mm-hmm. I think that when we were younger and especially in that high school environment, it was sink or swim. And yeah. it, the bullying that we faced and that we saw Can I say the bullying
0: though? I'm sorry to say this, but the bullying that I experienced when I got there um wasn't from everyone else but the Americans. No, it's the Amer- Americans. It was the, the it was the Americans that were bullies. Like there was a different I mean you would have to go to our school at the time to understand. You know, but in the sense of the Americans were really the ones that were bullies.
1: In my opinion, in my opinion because that's yeah. experienced from them. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean we could. Oh my god, the fucking shit that we have on those people too, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to run into them now yeah. and be like, "Oh, you walking like hot shit and whatever." Yeah. Know I know what you were doing. I know what you were people. doing. I, I, remember you were do- I remember you. <laughs> I remember the first floor bathroom and what the fuck you were doing in there with Tommy. So don't give me <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, like, by the way, Tommy is an artificial name. It is not the real name.
0: I mean, no, but when you think, oh, man, there's so much shit on people. There's so much shit. But I think what I was trying to say
1: is, like, I also felt like we were very disenfranchised. Like, we didn't have people who advocated for us. We really no. didn't. We were no. flying fucking blind. Yeah. Um. And I think that that adds to our rough, like, and I'm going to say this, as to me, it's a compliment when people are like, you're a little bit, like, rough around the edges. Bitch, Good. yeah, Grow up in the 80s in Mexico City, like I bitch, please. Like (laughs) you want me to dress up to the nines and act properly, I can do that. But can I fucking take off my earrings and throw fit?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Don't test me, don't test me because the worst of the worst will come out and you will regret it. No, I have issues. I sent you a message before saying that when it comes to certain friends and those yeah. that are closest to me i will if somebody hurts them but not hurts them i mean like makes them feel unworthy i will fucking throw fists like no joke don't push me
1: because no, when people see I, me i'm
0: like pretty cool and calm and collected most of the time yeah. but when you fucking t- i know i become this rabid bitch and i'm unapologetic about it but yeah. I will get physical with people like there is no way that I will not get physical with people
1: if they hurt my friends. Do you know what I mean? I totally get that. And I think that I which kind of it's a great way to, to talk about the importance of friendship. Right. Yeah. And what we learned in, in our years. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I can tell you is that if I remain single from now until death comes and visits me to take me. Yeah. I think I'm OK with that. Like I actually, I'm fine with being single. Like I'm, I don't necessarily yearn to find someone like, and I want to normalize that. And I still don't have the vocabulary to explain what it is that I feel right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All I can say is I'm very comfortable with where I am right now. I don't have a crush. I wish I did. Cause it kind of like distracts you from something and you're like, Ooh, let's think about this person. Don't even have that. And I'm okay with that. It's the friendships, dude. The yeah. friendships are what has made the absolute fucking difference. And yeah. I wish I could say, ooh, I can be friends with men. I have learned that men don't know how to be friends with women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um one of the hardest things that I've had to learn is that when my guy friends got married, mm-hmm. I couldn't be their friend anymore. Yeah. And nobody prepares you for that because you grow up thinking, oh, I'm the nerdy girl. Oh, I'm this. Oh, there's nothing there. Like, and there isn't anything there. Like, yeah, yeah. You really don't. You've seen them in situations where you're like, no Every inch of sexual attraction that we could have had. Flew out the window. Flew out the fucking window, dude. Like yeah. I, I know way too much about you. Yeah. But nobody prepares you about how awful it feels when other women see you as a threat. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is an ugly thing to learn. And it's something that you don't stop recently. Like it happened. Like I was, what I've been seeing with people is just that people also don't know how to be friends, let alone how to be a significant other. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. You don't know how to be friends. And one of the things that we fucking, we nailed it. We nailed it, Carissa, in this life is to be a good friend. Yeah. yeah. Did we break the ball sometimes? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. But we're there. Like, yeah. we were there. And that is something that, honestly, a sticker on the forehead. Yeah. I just, I think, <clears throat> and it's, again, the people
0: that are within our age group, right? And like you were saying with guys, I could always feel like I could be friends with guys. I would have no problem whatsoever. But again, guys don't like they can't like for them. They're just like, oh, we can be friends, but it's like friends with benefits. And I'm like, "Eh." no, no, that's not what friends. No, no. No. Like, so in my 40s do I have guy well, close to my 40s but like do I have guy friends yeah. absolutely not because they don't know how to like you said they don't know how to be friends the thing is and I've lost a lot of those like guy friends in my early 20s Yeah, exactly. because
1: they th- yeah. yeah and
0: they because they like again like I was saying I was a very different person in my 20s like it's funny if like people I mean the people that knew me also in my 20s in the time that I was in Geneva and stuff like that, I knew me in my 20s and compare me to now. I'm like a very PG-13 version of myself. Do you know what I mean? So because I was wild in, in that time period, guys thought that they would be able to try stuff. And it's like, mm, no, I'm sorry. So do I believe that guy, like women and men can be friends? Absolutely, but- It just seems to me like men really don't understand
1: what friendship is. That's exactly where I am. I'm just like, and I think women don't know how to be friends to other women either, because there's always that element of competition. But is
0: it or is it because society has taught us to be that way? I mean, and when I say society, I mean also what we see in the media and stuff like that. Cause oh. the representation is always somehow competition, competition with looks, competition of oh, and I have the house in the whip, white picket
1: fence and the, you know. Here, do you remember the conversation that we had a couple of days ago when I was just like, and this is and this is where it's gonna rattle people? And I know that it's gonna rattle people because for some reason you can never be a woman who recognizes a, their worth and B, their attractiveness and C, their intelligence, because otherwise you're full of shit and you're full of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where I'm going to rattle people because I own all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know, I know who I am and you're not going to tell me who I'm not. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. just, going not happen But one of the things that bothers me and I noticed, and I, we talked about this. I was remembering, we talked about this way back in the day. And now we're revisiting it because I kind of, I kind of feel like it's a full circle. Yeah. We were kind of sort of the popular outcasts, the rebels, or, you know, I was the one that was wearing the grunge boots and the Rage Against a Machine shirt. And I went to the Rage Against a Machine concert and people were like, oh my God, that's so badass. Oh my God. Like whatever. But people always have tried to mimic and copy our behavior, right? Because yeah. if they get away with it, then I can get away with it, Right. I, when I say that women don't know how to be friends with women, they're very good at imitating what they like, make it theirs, regurgitate it somewhere else. Yeah. But never, they never live the experience of no. what you and I, and nobody's going to sit here and tell us, Carissa, that we don't know what we're talking about. They don't realize the fucking bullshit that we have had to put up with. Yeah standing our ground defending yep. ourselves yep justifying our absolute fucking anger because yep. we were all the angry bitches right we were angry we were absolutely. Like want- want. we were the untamable men wanted to tame us it became a thing like i'm gonna be the one that tames these bitches right and it's like first of all not gonna happen buddy and second, second of all, all
0: they're also like <laughs> the ones that i know for a fact are Alone right now. And I'm like, how did that go? <laughs> you trying to tame? <laughs> how, did how, did that, how did that end up for you? Because I, I see that you're alone and miserable. <laughs>
1: okay. How did, how did that help you out in how life?
0: It, how did that go for you? I'm so,
1: so sorry. So sorry that you were yeah. under
0: the impression.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. And I think that a lot of people, especially other women who have been watching us and who have been observing us, monkey see, monkey do. In some cases, we do, and I'm grateful for it, we do inspire women to just own that anger and be like, get bent. yeah, Fuck all of you. I don't give a shit. I'm going to do my own thing. But right? I feel
0: like there's that flip side where the way we live our life, it generates a lot of jealousy and envy. 100%. Is, very, it's, is it detrimental to us? No, but it's eating the other person away. And they're not realizing it because we're over here doing our own yeah. shit, right? Like, I don't uh, whatever. Not even you know? paying attention to what's yeah. happening. But it's in the sense of you're wasting your time, not you, but I'm saying these people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're wasting your time being angry instead of flourishing and working on your talents and working on being a better person, right? You're just, it's eating you up this jealousy, this, this rage of how can this person live so authentically? Yeah. And not care,
1: and the, and the, that's the thing. It's like yeah. and the truth of the matter is, is that of course I care. I just choose when to pay attention and when not exactly. To. I care about what the people in my immediate, again, Scorpio placements, right? Like yeah. in my immediate circle. Yeah. Tell them, but if you're somebody that I I'm just friendly with, I really I would at my when I was 20, I would, I would seethe in that anger and that passive mm-hmm. aggressiveness. Yeah. At 40, genuinely, and I was talking to my friend who I saw in Seattle, that, that it's a Mexican phrase of, me vale verga. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't give two fucks fuck. shit yeah. about what you have to say, bro. Like, I don't even, you don't even know my middle name. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't even, you're not even close. Like, it's because again, people just don't. What they see is this
0: exterior and they think, oh, well, you're privileged, not to deny the fact that we're not privileged and stuff like that. We we're not denying that, you know, that we come from. But we've seen things, we've lived things, we've dealt things. We don't always make it open on social media, what we're going through. So the person that you are just seeing, just the outside, you don't know what we've been through. And you think that it's just this, like, oh, they're just like this. No, no, no. There's been a lot of shit that happened behind the scenes that you have no clue how many times we've fallen down and had to pick ourselves up.
1: Alone. Alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're friends, obviously, but those people who were meant to be there for us as a spouse, as a significant other, as whatever, they were not there. Absolutely not. Oh, my God. And And that is when you're just like... You realize two things. And I've realized one thing men will never leave. Men will rather stay in a relationship than leave. And I resent them fucking wholeheartedly. It's like, if you know that this isn't working, why the fuck are you staying? And then you ask them, and they're like, it's what I know. It's comfortable. And you're just like,
0: but it's that fear of loneliness, isn't it? That fear of loneliness. I mean, they're lonely within that relationship. It's the fear yeah. of they rather just
1: have that that body right there oh. than oh. be alone. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. They are also fucking so egocentric that they're Absolutely. terrified of being the bad person. So they will not leave. They will do everything around you to convince you that they need to be left because they cannot do the leaving because they don't have the fucking balls to sit down and tell you this isn't working, isn't it? And that- they even have
0: that conversation. That was the- I've never had a conversation. Oh. I was always the first one to leave, obviously. But I hey, of- oh, oh yes, you yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Oh, it- you were trying to explain to them reasonably. <laughs> Why you're leaving it just it's like the nuts and bolts just not really turning for them like they are not understanding like but why because you're a horrible human being and i don't want to be with you anymore but for them it's like but how am i horrible oh wow okay like yeah to them you know cool calm and collected they're still
1: like i don't get it and that's that's such an interesting point right because all my life i was told and again i have to give it to my mother but all my life, I in society, what I saw was I need to be in a heteronormative relationship. Yes. And I need to be in a relationship to be worthy. And that's that. Right. Yeah. And come to find out when I, and again, we could do a podcast about marriage entirely on its own. <laughs> when that time came to have that conversation with my former partner, uh, with my former husband, I was like, Obviously, I'm not going to talk for him, but I'm going to speak for him. But if I hadn't done that, I think I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Uh, and again, the relationship was never abusive in mm-hmm. any way. Mm-hmm. And I need to be very clear and emphatic about that because people think that women divorce because there's some horrible abuse or trauma going on. Mm-hmm. That is very valid it happens of course more often than not in my personal case that wasn't it Mm -hmm. but the level the subtlety of we're not in it was there yeah and it wasn't for me to be like all right if you're not gonna do it I'm gonna do it yeah and something that I learned now at 40 how difficult it's to leave but how rewarding and what a fucking relief it is to leave absolutely i will will leave carissa if there's a situation a job a marriage a relation whatever that where i i olga genuinely feel this is not working after trying i'm out i no begging no nothing i'm out no absolutely I'm
0: oh, yeah, no, I'm absolutely now to the point of if a relationship and this goes not only for romantic, if ever, if it ever happens again, it happens. That's awesome. But this is also to like the platonic relationships that I have. I'm I've always been the kind of person who I will not. I've always had to justify my actions and reasons for. Right. I no longer I don't care if I've known you for 25 years if I don't feel like wasting my breath explaining what is wrong i'm not going to and i'm i know this isn't like the best thing but sometimes in my experience and i know you shouldn't judge all experiences by one experience or two experiences but i'm too tired at this stage in my life to explain the reasons why what you might have done is offensive to me what you have said and yes. i reserve the right to cut you off and if i must ghost you because I just, I do not have the patience nor the time to explain thoroughly because I know for a fact that you will always, they're, not you, but you know, hey, like yeah. a person will come back with some bullshit. And this is the reason why I don't feel like having this conversation with you because what you're coming at me with yeah. is bullshit. I just, I cannot like- deal with it. I hope you enjoyed the first part of our conversation with The Daughter of Lilith about our feelings, thoughts on turning 40, and of course, our trip down memory lane. Tune in next week for part two, and remember to follow us throughout social media to keep up to date. You'll find The Daughter of Lilith's handles in our show notes, as well as Beauty Unlocked's handles. Have a wonderful weekend, and stay safe, my sugar babies. Bye.
1: You know, know that my Your vagina is not going to catch anything because I like her and I, and, I, and I love her.
0: That's where I went wrong with my ex-husband. I also said the same thing. That's a good looking penis.
1: <laughs> mm. Done. Also, do I qualify as a sugar baby if I'm 37 years old, independent and getting my graduate degree? Oh, yeah. I, I get off on statistics. When I want to turn on Carissa, I just whisper sweet well, nothings into her ear with numbers, and it doesn't <laughs>